So a few weeks ago, we started this series called Activated, Holy Spirit 101. And we've been taking time throughout these couple of weeks to really dig deep and discover who the Holy Spirit is and, and why, why do we need the Holy Spirit. And uh, we've also debunked a lot of, of myths and, and uh, things and rumors that we've heard about the Holy Spirit that aren't true with the use of scripture uh, that we've broken down those myths. And over the past few weeks, uh, we've discovered that we're empowered, that we are people who have power for the journey that is ahead of us with Jesus. We've discovered that through the Holy Spirit, we have vision, that uh, we get taught truth, and that truth that we are taught from the Holy Spirit enables us uh, to see and understand what's going on in the spiritual realm around us. On top of that, we found out that the Holy Spirit gives us skills. He gives us those abilities that validate his very presence. We found out also that through the Holy Spirit, we have influence, that we have this ability to encourage others through faith, not only being us being encouraged by the Holy Spirit through faith, but that we have this opportunity that we can pour into the lives of others and encourage them as well. Not only that, we found out that we have been called. We have been called to do something. We have been called by the Holy Spirit with a plan of God that we have this ability as well with that calling to be able to discern the direction that God has for us in those futures that we have before us. It's not that God just created the earth and created us and then just threw a couple spins on the earth and said, well, we'll just let them go and they can discover their future. No, through the Holy Spirit, we are given this ability to discern what it is that we are called to do. And last week, Pastor Jack talked about how we are given courage, that we are called to be create, courageous as Christ followers. And that part of being courageous and being full of courage is that we are also called to confront evil in this world as the Holy Spirit leads and directs us. And so today, we're going to finish this out and we're going to talk about taking action and summing all of this up together and then leaving you out of this place with something in your hands and a clear directive as to what we're going to do. Now, the good thing is, is that we have all of this knowledge. We have all of this intellectual understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. So for those of you who are brainiacs, this is right up your alley. For those of you who are a little more abstract, don't worry, I'm going to talk a little bit on your level today. But here's the thing, we can have this wealth of knowledge, this intellectual insight that we can carry with us anywhere. But the question is, what are we going to do with the stuff? We have all of these abilities that I just listed. We have all of these things that are available to us as Christ followers, but it is no good if all we do is talk about it. It's good that we talk about it. But all the fizz and all the pop is nowhere to be found if we're not doing something with it and living it out. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Because as Christ followers, we have not been created just to talk about the Holy Spirit. We are called to demonstrate the Holy Spirit. We are called to demonstrate the Holy Spirit. The whole reason that we are empowered, that we have vision, that we are called to be courageous men and women of God is because we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit and then fill the places that we occupy with God's presence. That's what we are called to do. There's a reasoning why the Holy Spirit fills us up, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. 
but we are called to be demonstrators of God. We are called to be demonstrators of the kingdom of God. And therefore we need the Holy Spirit, not just because a pastor tells us that we need the Holy Spirit or because we read a book by a good author that tells us we need the Holy Spirit, because we see all throughout the scriptures, example after example after example, that we need the Holy Spirit as Christ followers if we are going to do things for his kingdom. Because therefore we have to take what we have and pour it out into those places where we go, such as the marketplace, our campuses, uh, college, our high schools, our middle schools, even in our families, the hospitals where we go. That's where we are called to pour ourselves out with more of the Holy Spirit. If we want to take action in the kingdom of God, then we need to have intimate sacrifice. Intimate sacrifice. Now, those two words together, it's kind of funny because I kind of liken it to this. We are madly in love with the word intimacy. But it's like we want a divorce from sacrifice. You hearing me? Like we're, we're all about, like when we talk about intimacy and we talk about being intimate with Jesus, you know, we're like all excited. Our eyes get really big, you know, and we got this smile on. Oh yeah, just, I just love God. God is great. God is great. And then when we hear the S word, <laughs> All of a sudden, it's like the roller coaster just went over the hill and we're going straight down and, and like this, the sacrifice. We get all scared. Our hands get all clammy and, and sweaty. And we start to wonder and immediately we begin to think about our future and we think, oh, what's God going to take away from me that I need? And so we're really, really in love with intimacy, but we are so scared of sacrifice. But we must understand that we can't have intimacy without sacrifice. And God is calling us to this place of intimate sacrifice. Let's look a little closer in the New Testament about how the apostles took action through intimate sacrifice. Today, we're going to be in the book of Acts. So we're going to look at Acts chapter 4, verse 31 to start with. It says this, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now, this is pretty cool. Let me set the context for you. So these two apostles uh, are in this city, and basically they get in trouble for doing miracles. They get in trouble for doing the will of God. And so they're set before uh, these local officials, and basically they get this instruction, you know, hey, don't go do this anymore. Don't, don't be showing up and doing your Jesus thing. Uh, you, you can go free, but you got to go quietly. So they return and they talk about what was told. And it says that they gathered together and they prayed a prayer of boldness. But there was something about this prayer that was different than a lot of other prayers we have seen. It says that as they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. I believe in the word of God I have not looked up the, the Greek in this, but I believe for that word shaken, I don't think it was like just a little rumble in the stomach, like a little upset digestion. Oh, did you feel that? I think it was a massive shaking where people took notice, where somebody said, there's something going on here that I've never experienced before. But then on top of that, it says, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled up and then they spoke the word of God boldly. 
The world around us needs to encounter an undeniable presence of Jesus Christ. I believe that in our culture where we are currently at, where we are drowned by media, where we are suffocating by TV, Facebook, and Twitter, and MySpace, and LinkedIn, and all of these avenues, I don't think that the culture is looking anymore for something intellectual. They want the proof. They want to see and experience the power of God. Please understand me. The scriptures are critical. It's our guide. It's our direction. But also with the scriptures comes the physical manifest presence of Jesus Christ everywhere that we go. The only way this will happen is when we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we're willingly releasing his presence everywhere that we occupy. See, our intimate sacrifice will create a shaking. Now, let me define for you intimate sacrifice. I think there's coming a place for us as Christ followers where the standard area of intimacy that we used to move and operate in and loving Jesus will no longer apply. But he is calling us to a new level, a new place, a new position of sacrifice and intimacy with him. See, where before where we could get by, by waking up in the morning and doing our normal morning routine of reading the word of God for maybe 30 minutes and then praying for 10, God is demanding something greater of us in this season. He is demanding more time for him. Now that means we have to sacrifice some areas on our schedule. For some of us, our schedule is our identity. And God is looking at us and saying, I'm wanting more time with you. For some of us, we're going to need to sacrifice the use of our phones. We're going to need to sacrifice the time that we spend on Facebook. And I'm talking to you as adults too, because I know some of you are on Facebook, like a lot. So some of you are like, oh, he's just talking to the teenagers. <laughs> no, I'm talking to some adults too. <laughs> But see, it means that we got to give up some things. We might have to be people of sacrifice where we allow God to dig a little deeper in our pockets financially. Where we have said to God, don't worry, God, I'm being obedient. I'm giving you your 10% tithe. But God is calling and tugging on some of our hearts and saying, no, I'm asking you to take an offering and put some money into these areas because I want to just see if I really am Lord of your life and Lord of your finances. Intimate sacrifice can involve spending time in silence. That where he says, I want you to strip away all the music. I want you to strip away every distraction that's possible. Turn off your phone, turn off the TV. And I just want you to sit and not speak a word and allow me to love on you. That's intimate sacrifice. When was the last time that you took a week and sacrificed your prayer time, your prayer list, and said, God, instead of coming to you and instead of pouring out all of my needs and all of my wants in a prayer list, I'm going to just spend time thanking you. And that will be my intimate sacrifice. That I will spend a whole week just thanking you when I have a desire to pray instead of just coming to you 
and pouring out over and over my wants and my needs. See, this type of occupancy doesn't happen overnight. I'm telling you, it's going to take more. It's just, we can't just pray a prayer and it's going to happen. God is demanding that we do something, something at a different level. It requires that cherished expense on our part. And I just gave you a few examples of those. But we need to be, we need to be intimate in sacrifice so we can be motivated to a daily action. If we are missing our intimacy with Jesus and we're missing that intimate sacrifice, you will see that your motivation to do things for God is lacking. But when we increase that intimate sacrifice with a willingness to go the distance, you will see that your motivation is at an all-time high. And one of the reasons why we should be motivated is one, because we love Jesus, two, because we love others, and three, is because we want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and be available to the Holy Spirit. The scriptures tell us that they were filled. They were filled. I looked up that word in the Greek. I was expecting like some massive, ah, cool word that was like, whoa. But it just means that they were filled. But, but see, there's something to that though. There's something to that. Did you hear me? I was like, oh, it's just, it just says filled. <laughs> Boring. But, but, but understand this. It says they were filled. It means they were literally filled up by the Holy Spirit. It meant that the Holy Spirit had to be resident within them. It wasn't that they took the word of God and they opened it up and they were like, oh, wow, isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay. All right. So we'll just carry the Holy Spirit around with us and we need the Holy Spirit. We'll just, we'll just open up the, the word of God and we'll, we'll talk about it. Oh, it says that they were filled they were filled with the Holy Spirit. There was this desire, this need that they needed the Holy Spirit within them in order to fulfill the future actions that they were called to fulfill by Christ. The thing that Jesus said in the, in the, in the New Testament at the very end of the Great Commission, when he sends them out, he says, I will send to you the helper, the Holy Spirit. He didn't say, when you gather for meals, just go ahead and talk about the Holy Spirit. He said, I will send to you the Holy Spirit because he knew that we would need the Holy Spirit for what is in store for us in the body of Christ. Our filling up is for the purpose of pouring out. It will only come through intimate sacrifice. Let me give you an example. Several Several months ago, I was asked to go to a little pizzeria shop. I get asked to do a lot of weird things, just FYI. And sometimes I wonder where I'm going to show up. <laughs> so this kid in Meadville calls me and he says, hey, um, I've heard you speak. I was just wondering if you would come down and uh, come and pray for people for healing at our service. Yeah, sure. No problem, man. I, I prayed about it. I think I need to come. So like I'm finishing up the last bit. So I call him the, the day of and I go, hey, by the way, where are we meeting? What church do you want to meet at? He goes, oh, oh, we're not meeting at a church. He said, uh, we're going to meet at this little pizzeria in Meadville. And I'm thinking, oh gosh, you know, Lord, you're really expanding my faith. Like they're going to be making pies in the back. And, you know, I'm like, Lord Jesus, you know, he'll, you know. 
And, and, and so anyway, I get there and we go in this back room and in this back room, it's just filled with young adults and they're just sitting there. And this, this kid gets up and he has no seminary training. He doesn't have a three-point sermon. He doesn't have, you know, this awesome, great PowerPoint or anything. He just gets up and this is what he says. Hey, um, I'm glad you all could make it tonight. I told you last week that we were going to pray if you need a healing. So here's what it says in the word of God. So he reads a couple of scriptures, shuts his Bible and he goes, okay, so uh, Jason's here. And uh, if you need anything, just come up and you need prayer. And we're going to, we're going to pray for you. Now it was pretty interesting that he didn't need the right atmosphere. He didn't need all those right things that we have been accustomed to. He just simply read what the word of God said and he decided to do it. Now, let me tell you about the moment of intimate sacrifice. Hours earlier, I really felt that God told me you needed to prepare for tonight. So I said, okay, Lord. So I sat down and I began to pray. And as I asked the Lord, I took time out of my schedule for that intimate moment. I sacrificed what I needed to do. And I asked the Lord and said, God, what is it that you want to do tonight? How do you want to use me? And as I began to sit there and just listen, the Lord began to tell me about how he was going to heal people that night. And he began to speak to me about somebody with asthma. And he began to speak to me about somebody who had a broken wrist and a broken foot. And I'm like, wow, these are long shots, right? Long shots. So I get there and after he says, so I get up there and I'm standing there and no one comes up. Like I was expecting people just to be like, come up and I, I got a cold, I need this. No one comes up. So finally, like this faith in me starts stirring this boldness and I just jump out on a limb and I go, hey, is there anybody here uh, <clears throat> has asthma? <clears throat> and all of a sudden, this one kid elbows the other kid and he goes, and I said, I'm assuming one of you has asthma. So this kid like kind of comes up and he's like, yeah, I have asthma. I said, well, what's up? I'm like, do you want to be healed by God? And he says, well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've been used to this. I've been using a inhaler forever and I just, I don't know. I guess God can do it. I said, well, no, do you really want to be healed? Because God told me that you're going to be healed. We prayed for him and he was healed. But see, let's understand this. What would I have missed out on if I wouldn't have been willing to have intimate sacrifice? that time set aside to really hear from the Lord. If we're going to take action in partnership with the Holy Spirit, we need to quit talking about the scriptures and we need to live the scriptures. I'll be very open and honest with you. Very candid in this moment. I am very unhappy with my relationship with Jesus right now very unhappy. I'm very unsatisfied. Now, some of you are like, oh my gosh, he's a pastor. And he's, you know, just, just relax. Just relax. Does Pastor Jack know this? <laughs> I'm very unsatisfied because the more that I read the scriptures, the more that I read the Gospels, the more that I read the New Testament and the Old Testament, 
the more I am convicted by the Holy Spirit to stop talking about it and do it. I am at this point where when I read the word of God, something needs to happen. Because if something doesn't happen, I am being disobedient to what the word of God is telling me. This is a new revelation for me. It might be a new revelation for a lot of us because it's so easy for us to open this every day and read through it and be like, well, isn't that nice? And then we pray these prayers that question God as we pray. You'll know what I'm talking about. Lord God, Pastor Jack said be available, so I'm available today. And um, I, I want to do what Peter and John did, you know, I mean, if I can, but I'm available. We pray these prayers and we're like, yeah, God, I want it, but really I don't trust you that you're actually going to use me to do these things. And so we want to come to this place where we step up in our place of intimacy with the Holy Spirit, that he begins to push us and begins to nudge us, that we are unsatisfied just coming to church on a Sunday morning and singing some really cool songs and listening to a really cool sermon and be like, yeah, that was awesome. And then we leave and then we're like, back to the daily thing. What if the Holy Spirit is waiting for us that when we read the word of God, that we say, not only are we available, but we actually become available. There's a difference. There's a difference between saying I'm available, but then there's a difference between saying I'm actually available to live out the scriptures. The apostle Paul understood and demonstrated the scriptures. He knew what it was to live out the scriptures. Look with me in Acts chapter 19, verse six. It says, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Now, now let's look at this a minute. Paul took some action, placed his hands on them. But not only that, when he placed his hands on them, it says the Holy Spirit came upon them. Something happened. And then we see that there was physical evidence because he lived out the word of God. Physical evidence because Paul was willing to live out the scriptures. Now we have to understand that discussing and reading the scriptures is important. So please don't take this as an excuse to say, well, Pastor Jason said, take a hiatus from the scriptures and just live them out. Well, no, you can't live out the scriptures if you're not reading the scriptures. I think that honestly, we need to, in my personal opinion, I think we need to take a break from some of those great authors out there and get back to the original author and be moved by what this author is telling us and calling us to do. I'm not saying that the books you're reading are bad. Then again, I don't know what you're reading. <laughs> so don't use that as an excuse. 
But what I'm saying is, is we need more of this so we can understand how we can live it out. All throughout the word of God, Christ's followers are called to action, to live it out. We are called to move beyond a prayer meeting, which is important, but it goes beyond that. We are called to move beyond the Bible study. We are called to move beyond the worship celebration. We are called to move beyond serving somebody once a month at an event. That's important, but we are called to move beyond that. We need to be available for action and involvement. See, we have the power. We don't need to really ask for more power when we have the Holy Spirit. We got what we need. We also have the model. So now all we need to do is do something with this model. Because understand this, our obedience allows God's presence to be manifested. So we have the power, we have the model. Now we need the obedience to live out the scriptures so that the power of God can be manifested. In a gracious way, and I do not have a explanation for you. God is somehow moving among our students. We have been experiencing miracles. Now, I'm not telling you this to say, come running up there to watch the show. That's not what it is. Please understand that. Through our prayer and our intimate sacrifice and reading the word and applying what the word says, we are seeing God move. Just a week ago, I came into the youth. I was all disheveled. My mind was like ADD. <laughs> I, I, I could see a squirrel in a parking lot and I would chase it probably. And I came into the youth and we always have pre-service prayer with students and leaders. So I come in and they're all looking at me for this grand insight and wisdom, you know, like, what are we going to, you know, and I literally look at them and I'm like, look, I got nothing. So we're just going to scatter and pray and then we'll meet back here and pray together. So we scatter and pray. And as I'm sitting there, I quiet my heart and my mind. And I believe I hear God say, I'm going to do something big tonight. Okay, okay, that's cool, that's cool. Right? We all do that. So we all gather back together to pray. And I throw this out to the leadership. I go, I just, I just think God's going to do something big tonight. And one of the other leaders, she says, I really agree with that because as I was praying, I felt God say he's going to do something big tonight. Okay, cool. All right, I'm starting to believe this. So just before, I'm telling the worship team all this, I'm like, just be ready. Just be ready for whatever God wants to do. We're just going to make time for it. Whatever he wants, just there it is. So we're getting ready. And one of our youth, two of our youth, two little girls, little young girls, they wouldn't like me calling them little. Two young girls come up and they say, Pastor Jason, we just really feel God's going to do something big tonight. All right, all right, now, now I'm really starting to believe this. Okay, all right. So we go through worship. It's the prayer time. I get up there. I got nothing. Not a drop. 
And so I pray, you know, Lord, we love you, you know, all this stuff. And so I say, amen. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, out of my availability to the Holy Spirit, the Lord says this, and I just like word vomit. And I'm like, you ever word vomit before? You just, you're like, well, let me try and just put that back in there. I didn't really, you know. So all of a sudden, I'm standing on stage, and I said, by the way, tonight, after, after John is done preaching, we're going to have a time of healing up here. And if you want to be healed, you come up. So I thought I was done. I'm like, wow, you know. And then all of a sudden, it comes again, and I said, by the way, there's somebody here who has had asthma since birth, and God wants to heal you tonight. What did I just say? Then I talked about somebody else and I said, so, there's someone else here. You had stomach issues forever and God wants to heal you. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm really against the gun now. You know, it's like, Jesus, you need to show up type of thing. You know, you've been there. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. So afterwards, I'm in the back and John's preaching and I'm just like, okay, Jesus, okay, Jesus, show up anytime, you know, anytime, Jesus. And this girl comes up to me during the sermon and she says, did anyone talk to you about asthma yet? I said, no. She goes, I've had asthma since birth and I want God to heal me tonight. Okay, great. (laughs) And I'm like fanning myself to keep sweating, you know, because now I'm like, I really put it out there. I really thought I heard from God. And so end end result is me and and those two young girls that heard from God, I said, you're going to pray for their healing tonight. And to this day, That girl has been healed of asthma, hasn't used her inhaler. She's gone running. She's been active. She's been doing all these things. God healed her. Being obedient allows God's presence to be manifested. Finally, I'm going to leave you with this simple step. Take action. Do something. After studying this scripture, I noticed that Paul did something. He went to Ephesus. He left where he was comfortable and went to do something that the Holy Spirit had guided him to do. He took action. Let's understand this. Leaving here on a Sunday morning and getting in your car and going back home does not count as doing something. Mm-hmm. What would happen? Just what would happen if, if all of us just begin to shift our mindset starting this week? That when we come in here, when we come in here to worship God, what if we just shifted our mind and said, I'm available? Well, why do I need to be available at church? We got all those pastors. No, 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 no. What if we shifted our mindset today? And what if, what if we said, I am available, Holy Spirit, when I walk through those doors, I'm available. I'm putting my issues into your hands. I'm trusting you because I'm here not just to be filled up, but I'm here to be, to be poured out. And what if we were available? What would happen here? Then what if, what if we took that same availability and we left here and when we meet at Olive Garden or Longhorn or we meet over at Outback afterwards or maybe we go home to our family and have our Sunday dinner, what if we were still available? What would begin to happen? 
I challenge you with this. The enemy does not rest. Therefore, we shouldn't take a break about being available to the Holy Spirit. We are filled with the presence and the power of the creator of the universe. We need to do something. This is what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 10, 7 and 8. As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. In the book of Acts, chapter 19, I'm going to leave you with this last scripture. It says this, When this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed their evil deeds. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. As they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas, which is actually 20,000 pieces of silver. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. I can only imagine that all the Facebook posts and the tweets from Twitter and all those updates like flew through Ephesus immediately. Did you just hear what's going on here? I bet you it, it spread like wildfire. The fear of the Lord increased and lives were changed because Paul and some Christ followers decided to do something to be available to the Holy Spirit. What would happen if you come in next Sunday and you go up to Pastor Jack and you say, by the way, this amazing thing happened. All the people in my office accepted Christ. Well, we better get discipling. <laughs> what would happen if we were like Paul and these Christ followers? What would happen if the fear of the Lord, what would happen if the Erie Times News read the headline, fear of the Lord, love and power hits Erie? <laughs> Buckle up. Several months ago, a friend of mine in New Jersey calls me up. He says, I want you to mentor me. And I said, you're in New Jersey. He said, I want what you have. So I'm willing to Skype you weekly just so you can pour into my life. I said, okay. So we started Skyping and about the third Skype in, I said, listen, I said, I'm going to be very blunt with you. Don't waste my time and I won't waste your time. Time is of the essence. We are living for the kingdom. And I said, you need to understand this. Wherever I go, I expect transformation. I expect things to happen. If you are spending time with me, then you should expect things to happen just as much. You should expect transformation wherever you go. He said, okay, all right, I'll do it. I'm there. So a couple of weeks go by, we're Skyping, we're talking. And he says, hey, I have to go to a funeral this week. I'm asking that you pray for me because I really, need to be, I really need to hear the Holy Spirit and I'm expecting transformation when I go into that funeral home. I'm like, okay, 
be of little faith. (laughs) So he gets back to me and he sends me this text message after the funeral. And he said, Pastor Jason, God showed up. Like, okay, cool. Let's talk about it. So we end up Skyping. And he says, God showed up in such a way that I led everyone to Christ at the funeral. And I wasn't even doing the service. (laughs) That's being available to the Holy Spirit. Stand with me. The Holy Spirit has always been ready. The Holy Spirit has always been available. He's just waiting for us. Intimate sacrifice, living out the scriptures, and doing something. I really honestly believe that we are marked for the days ahead, that we are in a preparation for an incredible outpouring of the Spirit of God. I believe that as we have been seeing these miracles happen, that that's just the beginning. And if we really make ourselves available, as Pastor Jack has challenged us to do daily, I really think that we are in prime position for the Spirit of God to move like we have never seen him move before. Just the question is, is what will we do with it if he's ready? So over the past couple of weeks, we talked about God and who he is. Started a series, OMG. Then we talked about Jesus and who he is, talking about he is the I am. And today we wrap up this series on the Holy Spirit and being activated. We didn't realize this when it was put together, but it says, OMG, I'm activated. (laughs) So now you have no excuse. I'm going to ask you to take a posture of receiving and hold out your hands. I'm going to pray for us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are at a place, Lord, where we cannot do this without you. Father, we declare in a humble manner that without Holy Spirit, we cannot fulfill the actions that you are calling us to. We declare that we are tired of doing it in our own strength. We declare that we are tired of our own ideas. We declare today that we ask that you infuse us with the creativity of God. We ask that you fill us with your strength and perseverance. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would fill us up, that we would be vessels that are poured out in the marketplace, in our families, Father, in the places that we go that seem chaotic. Father, the places where others fear to travel. Lord, on our campuses and in our high schools, our elementary schools, Father, our middle schools, we ask in the name of Jesus that you pour out your anointing of the Holy Spirit, that wherever we go, as we take action and we are available, we ask for signs, wonders, and miracles to happen for the point being that Jesus Christ is revealed as Lord in this city. We ask for salvations. And Father, we ask for a harvest, Lord, a harvest that only you can bring as we are obedient to you. 
Now, Jesus, we are available to the Holy Spirit. Use us as you have called us to be used. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Have a good day and a good week.